Success stories and interviews with game changers and thought leaders who have overcome both in life and in business. Welcome to Vertical Momentum. Welcome to another episode of Vertical Momentum. I'm your host, Richard Kaufman, also known as the Comeback Coach. Guys, this is going to be a fun episode. We're going to be talking about all things business, military, even a little bit of barbecue. I love me some barbecue. But first, I want to thank our sponsors. As you guys know, I don't drink, but when I do go to barbecues, I bring my favorite drink with me. And I love me some iced coffee. So um, one of our sponsors, her name is uh, Carrie. She actually has a, a, a business called Soldier Girl Coffee. And I drink her coffee every day. I make um, iced coffee. And so I just want to thank her. And as you guys know, all my sponsors of the show are 100% veterans 100% of the time. So thank you, Soldier Girl Coffee. Guys, this is going to be a great episode, like I said, with my with my friend, a Marine, Greg. And he is changing the world and helping, also helping veterans at the same time. My brother, what's going on today? Hey, what's going on, Richard? How you doing, buddy? Oh, man. You know, if life was any better, I'd be twins, man. Life is so <laughs> What's going on That's with awesome. you? What's new? Hey, I'm feeling good, too. I'm feeling good, too. I'm happy to be here. Thanks for thanks for having me on. Oh, man, it's it's my pleasure. You know, I love uh, hanging out with my veterans, and um, I love talking to veterans and veterpreneurs. So, first of all, tell us a little bit about where you're born and raised. And what kind of little boy was Greg growing up? Yeah, man. Well, I was uh, I was born and raised uh, just outside of Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Um, and, and growing up, man, I love playing sports. So, you know, I was I was always in the baseball, basketball, soccer, those kind of, kinds of things growing up. Um, and then, you know, I, I did all that. I did all that stuff, and you, were you know, graduated. A, were you a big Brewers fan, Robin Yount? Yeah, Robin Yount, Paul Molitor. Um, okay. those guys now were you a good student <laughs> um we'll say i did i did well enough to um make it through without many difficulties and you were a good athlete obviously yeah yeah i i i i, I prided myself on being in shape and and playing playing sports throughout high school so did you get any uh, college scholarships I, I didn't get any scholarships. I had some offers and and did some you know visits because I, I played I played soccer uh, my entire life and I had some opportunities to go play uh, in college uh, before I left for the Marines. But I, I chose uh, the military path first. All right. So now you know I love hearing everybody's recruiting story. Talk to us about the day you went into the recruiter's office. Tell us your story. Yeah, mine's uh, mine's kind of crazy. It's uh, so. Uh, I was in, in high school uh, when 9-11 happened, and uh, I had been already kind of talking with recruiters at the time, and I actually verbally committed to the Army. And uh, the same day, the Marine Corps recruiter called me up, and they shared an office, so uh, <laughs> I knew that uh, if I was going to go in to speak with the uh, Marine recruiter, that the Army recruiter would see me. But I was like, hey, let's let's go and, and see what he has to say. And really, it just took me into the back room. It was just a table and a chair, two chairs, and we just talked. And you know, I kind of um, 
decided that that was probably the best opportunity for me was through the Marine Corps. And unfortunately I had to tell the army recruiter that uh, I was going to sign the papers with the Marine recruiter. Um, but that was, that's kind of my story. So, you know, I got to say, you know, I love my Marines. Um, I love the mentality that once a Marine, always a Marine. I love that. You know, there's no such thing as a former Marine. So I, that's one thing I really love about you guys. And you guys have the best uniforms ever period enough said so how was it going through marine corps boot boot camp well i mean it was uh really kind of my first time away from home for that long so you know i was pretty motivated to go obviously we knew things were kicking off in afghanistan and you know in a short time we knew you know in the middle east it was kind of unstable um so i mean we were all pretty motivated to go through boot camp uh, you can never fully prepare for what you're going to face uh, the first times those drill instructors get into your face. But, um, you know, it was just an awesome experience. And I'm really glad that uh, I had the opportunity to go through it when I did. So now, how many years did you spend in the Marine Corps? I, I spent four years, so 2002 to 2006. Now, that was when everything started kicking off around 2003, right? Pretty no, much. That's correct. So were you deployed at all? Yeah. Um, so I, I signed the papers for the Marine Corps and I, I you know, I chose infantry, um, knowing that on the horizon, there are some things going on. And I was assigned to 1st Battalion, 7th Marines. And um, I was there for the initial invasion, the push uh, from Kuwait to Baghdad um, during Operation, you know, Enduring Freedom, Operation Iraqi Freedom. So I made three deployments all to Iraq. Now, when you got out after four years, did you notice something was off or did everything was was everything OK with you? I mean, I would say I was I was obviously, you know, when you go through combat in those types of situations, you change as a person. Uh, I, I think, um, you know, coming back home, uh, you know, I decided to get out after four years because of, you know, three deployments like that in four years really takes its toll. So, I mean. Yeah, I definitely, my body wasn't hundred percent, you know, my mind, I was pretty motivated to move on, uh, you know, into the next chapter. Um, but with that comes a lot of struggles and challenges of reacclimating to civilian world that you've pretty much been out of for four years. Cause you've just been focusing on combat and going back to combat. So yeah, that takes its toll. And it took a lot, of, it actually took years for me to actually fully kind of get back to, you know, where I thought I, I should be. Now, you know, like a, a lot of, you know, now I've talked to hundreds of veterans on this show. And, you know, even though we're hardcore, you know, or hua hua, you know, we get used to getting paid on the 1st and the 15th. We get used to getting TRICARE and all that good stuff. And mm-hmm. like my friend Nick Valentine says, you know, like once you leave the military, you know, once you step off base, the military really does not give a shit about you. So a lot of veterans like myself, um, when I got out, I didn't have a mission anymore. I had no income and I lost the camaraderie. Mm-hmm. What was your transitioning like? Yeah. So I, like I mentioned, I was pretty motivated to get back and use my GI bill. So I kind of had a plan established and that helped a lot. I will say like looking back now, um, having a plan and just getting started, like not making, not waiting for everything to be perfect, but just taking action uh, to the next steps of my life. So I, I enrolled in a, a college nearby uh, where I was living. And, you know, I, I went back to um, trying to play soccer again, even though my body was beat up and I was, you know, hadn't played in four years. But, you know, I was fortunate that, 
the university that I went to, you know, the, the coach there knew a little bit about me um, through some mutual connections. And he happened to be uh, a military vet as well who served in the National Guard. So he gave me an opportunity to walk on. And, and when we talk about camaraderie, we talk about, you know, finding a mission again, you know, that really helped me, you know, even though I, you know, I, I was, yeah, I wasn't that very, very good of a player anymore, but being around that team and, and having a mission and, and trying to, you know, set new goals uh, that really helped with my transition. So you got a master, you got a master's and then a finance degree, correct? Yeah. Yeah. So I got, uh, I got my four year, my bachelor's degree um, from the U- university of Wisconsin Parkside and then I started in my corporate career in finance and insurance. And then I went back to school to get my master's degree later on. So what made you decide to go into uh, finance? What, 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 what was the appeal? You know, I'd always had kind of a passion for, for numbers and really to, you know, investments and help people through that kind of stuff. So naturally I kind of gravitated toward that as I got out and some opportunities opened up so I could do some internships in the field. And when I graduated with my, my degree, I was, you know, offered a full-time position. So I, I naturally took that. And how many, you were in the financial service industry for how long? 10 years. So from, um, you know, I got out in 2006, I went to school till 2010 and then from 2010 to 2020, uh, I was working uh, for a large financial and insurance institution. So, you know, they say that an entrepreneur is somebody that's willing to work 80 hours a week for themselves so they don't have to work 40 hours a week for somebody else. Mm-hmm. What was the moment where you said, yeah, barbecue? <laughs> well, talk yeah. to us about that moment. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'll back up a little bit because, uh, you know, I started barbecuing and grilling, you know, after I got out of college, because again, I was looking for an outlet, you know, something to maybe help me get through some of those stressors in life. And then, you know, I just gravitated towards barbecue for some reason. Um, So I'd been, you know, doing that, you know, for 10 years while I was building my corporate career. And, you know, once the pandemic hit, when you're sitting behind a desk for 50, 60 hours a day working for somebody else, it really kind of starts to take a toll on you. And, and for somebody that's like military veterans who've been, you know, combat in, in those stressful situations, you kind of think and be like, you know, I never would have pictured myself sitting behind a desk here, you know, 10 years later after I just, you know, fought in a war and had been to combat. So it made me reevaluate things. And I got to a point where I was like, it's, it's now or never. I got, I've got to try this thing out, this dream that I have. And that's when I quit my job in August of 2020 to start Burn Pit Barbecue. No, are you a single guy? Are you married? Yeah, I, I you know, I'm, I am married with you know three young boys. Um, so that that I had some honest conversations with my wife about what I was thinking about and what I was going through. Um, and you know, those open and honest conversations really helped um, get me to the point where I felt comfortable where I could leave. You know, because, you know, that's something that I bring up because a lot of times, you know, a guy or girl, you know, when they get out of the military, you know, they want to start a T-shirt company, hat company, coffee or liquor. Uh, six yeah. months later, they end up $10,000 in debt. Don't know what the hell just happened. And a lot of the times is because they didn't sit and have that hard conversation with their significant mm-hmm. other before they started it all. So talk to us about having that conversation and how important that is 
to your success? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, at that at that time when I was talking with my spouse about leaving, you know, I was I was in a bad spot. You know, um, I was depressed. You know, I wasn't motivated to go to work anymore. And, you know, I I just felt like there's something better out there for me. So I just started having those conversations, and she knew. You know, my wife knew that there was something up and something wrong. So, you know, we we sat down and we looked at you know our finances. We looked at kind of you know, what her, her career looked like, um, and where we were sitting right there with a young family. And ultimately, you know, with the support of my spouse, you know, I, I made that decision, but like you, like you mentioned, like I, I wouldn't have made that decision without consulting with her first, because this, this is a huge life shift for everybody, not just me, uh, but for my wife and for my kids, because I was the primary breadwinner and uh you know benefits health and all that kind of stuff were through me so we had to make a lot of shifts uh once i once i decided to leave yeah because you know a lot of people you know they don't realize you know because a lot of people in our in the veteran tribe you know they're still working a w-2 while also you know um doing their dreams but a lot of people don't realize that you know there's the has to be a big mindset change when you Mm -hmm. go from employee mindset to self-employed mindset because you know you if you don't bring money in you're not going to eat and if you got three kids you know there's a lot of pressure on you so talk to us about that mindset shift from employee to uh, business owner yeah yeah no that's a great point and and, you know fully quitting your job isn't for everybody you know people have bills to pay and you know the families to provide for so you know, working your W-2 or your nine to five, and then also your side hustle, you know, at night, say that's a great way to get started. Uh, for me, you know, through, you know, good financial planning and and just saving and being frugal most of my life, you know, I had the opportunity to leave because I had a strong financial um, kind of backstop. Um, but at the same time, we had guidelines. So, you know, I, I gave myself a year and then I gave myself financial parameters uh, that like, I have to stay within these. Otherwise, I have to be willing to go back and get a job. Um, again, still building this business, but knowing that I still have a family to provide for and expenses to pay. So I think there's a fine balance there. You know, you have to have those honest conversations if you're married or if you have a significant other. You have to provide for the family. But at the same time, you still have to take some risk. Um, you know, with great risk comes great reward. So you know, you all have to do that kind of based off of your certain situations. And, you know, I want to say, you know, I can't wait to try your products because, you know, my wife loves to cook. I can't, I can't cook worth a damn, but she loves to cook. There's always, there's always time to start. Yeah. But uh, I love, I love the barbecue. And one of my sponsors of this show is actually, he's a, a, an also Marine. He has a company called Simmer Fi. And uh, has some some amazing barbecue products. So I'm I'm going to hook you guys up so maybe you guys can work together. But you know, mm-hmm. talk to us. they've been doing good stuff. Yeah, and you know, like I said, you know, for me, you know, the more friends I have, the more the more uh, the better life is. But you know, like our friends in, in the tribe says, and if you guys are, are listening to this, you're a veteran or a veteran entrepreneur, and if you're not in the veteranpreneur tribe, there's something wrong. Because we have so many great resources in that in our group, uh, but like Stephen and Lane talk about, if you do not have a business plan, you do not have a hobby. I mean, you have a hobby, you don't have a business. And one thing I think the military teaches us is how to 
work off an SOP or standard operating procedure. So did you have a business plan before you started or did you just wing it? No, I, I, you know, I wanted to do this the right way. So I know I didn't have all the answers. So I reached out to some resources here locally. Um, I know it's different for you know, different areas, but here in Wisconsin, we have the Veterans Business Outreach Center. Um, it's, it's a free resource for veterans who are looking to start their own businesses. So I sat down with them and we created a business plan. Um, so I, we weren't working from scratch. You know, we weren't just winging it. Um, we had goals and we had things, you know, we did market research. Um, so we went into this thing, you know, wanting to to do all we could to set us, ourselves up for success. And and you're right, you know, having that plan to help guide us, um, you know, even during those challenging times uh, when you're just getting started, uh, really helped motivate us and, and kind of paint the picture of what we hoped our business would be like. Now, um, you know, starting a business during the pandemic, a lot of people would say, wow, you must be crazy. Um, but, yeah. you know, a lot of people have made a lot of money during the pandemic. You know, like through two years ago, who would have ever know, talk about face masks? But there's people that are billionaires now because of face masks. So yeah. some have to be able to pivot um, during times like that, like this. So how did, you know, when you first started out, how did you start um, putting the products together? Did you have, were you doing it at home? Did you rent out a space? Yeah, so we um, actually right away, we, we, we found a co-packer um, here in Wisconsin. Uh, we knew if we wanted to launch this thing and uh, focus our time and attention on, on things instead of being in the kitchen, uh, to help us grow this thing, we needed to outsource some of those things. So we worked. We work with a co-packer um, who bottles our our sauces and our rubs for us. Um, that way, we can focus on kind of the the marketing piece and getting the message out there and, and doing things like this and just you know telling our story. Um, so that's where we started, um, and you know again having a good plan helped us you know maybe get some momentum faster. Um, but you know during the pandemic. You know, we had to look at things a little bit differently from a, you know, if you're a grilling or barbecue business, you know, more people were eating from home. You know, more people were staying at home because they couldn't go out to restaurants or they couldn't gather with other people. So they were buying grills. They were cooking from home. So we, we saw an opportunity that we could help them, you know, cook good food at home, you know, by providing tips and recipes and also some good all natural products. You know, I think that's amazing. You know, like a lot of people, you know, if they're stuck home, you know, started buying a lot of stuff from Amazon. Um, you know, they started listening to more podcasts. So, you know, people like myself and you, you know, we're kind of taking a advantage of, of that situation. You know, because sometimes like you have to pivot and sometimes you see an opening, you have to take it. Now, one thing I see a lot of people in the tribe is um, they try to do everything themselves. And like I'm coming to the realization, like I finally hired a graphics designer, um, a promoter, and also somebody to do my logo. Uh, this is what I'm good at. I'm good at talking to people. I'm good at building relationships, but I suck at everything else. So a lot of times, like you said, you have you had to find your packer so you can do what you're good at. And let them do what they're good at. So talk to us about, you know, finding and building a team. 
when you, you know, first, when you're starting out, you're looking at the people around you, um, and then you're looking at uh, the resources that are available to you, and that you know that uh, that that does take a little bit of a work. You have to do your research. You have to know what's available, especially for veterans and small business owners um, who are just starting out. There are a lot of great resources, you know, within your local chambers of commerce, you know, within your local state, you know, agencies. But you just have to go find them. And then once you find them, usually those people are good at hooking you up with other people that can help you get to where you're at. So for us, you know, um, finding people that we trusted uh, to do some of our, you know, our SEO on our website to help us do some promotion and marketing, like you, like you mentioned, Richard, um, that's key. You know, again, it's people that you trust that you kind of know. And then also, uh, I've learned very quickly to ask for references for everything we do. So if we're 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 going to be doing business with somebody maybe I'm not too familiar with, or you know, I don't have a lot of insights to how they they work or operate, because maybe I just know them on a personal level and not really on a business level. Uh, I always ask for references now, and I always follow up with those references um, because I just think it goes to show that you know, this is your business. You have to take it seriously. Just because you know somebody personally doesn't mean you have to do business with them um, if the work doesn't uh, show. So those are just some of my tips that you know, I've learned throughout this past year. Now, um, we're going to talk about business now because, like I said, a lot of people that are listening to this are veterinarians. Um, So how did you first start out? Did you start doing paid ads on Facebook or did you, how did you start um, marketing, like for me, I believe that, you know, everything is about building relationships. Yeah. So how did you first start out getting the word out about your company? Really, it was me just sharing my story and being authentic. Um, I, I shared the journey with the people that followed me. So I started building a following before we even launched our first product. Um, and again, that was with people that I, I knew. Obviously, we start with our inner circle and kind of branch out from there. But really, I was just sharing what I was going through. I quit my job. I started this barbecue business and brand. I didn't know what products I was going to launch just yet. Um, but I had people that were supportive and following me along with the journey. So I was always going back and asking for feedback. And once they felt like, you know, they had some stake in the game too, because, you know, they want to see me successful. And, and for most people, you know, if people in your circle don't want you to be successful, you got to find another circle. So, you know, I just, I, I leaned on them heavily for the first few months. And then from there, we, we put our boots to the ground. You know, we got, we went into where we could, you know, COVID was a restriction for events and gatherings, but where we could get into like craft fairs or small business fairs, you know, we were there, we were meeting face to face with people as much as we could, you know, we were, we were getting our message out there. And I think those were the things that really helped us propel and, and create momentum to carry us into, you know, month six and now into, you know, month 12. So what kind of products do you currently have right now? Yeah. So we have a lineup of five all natural rubs and seasonings. And then we have three all natural barbecue sauces. We also have a hot sauce. And then we sell, you know, we sell grilling related t-shirts and apparel and things like that too, but that's not the primary focus. You know, we focus primarily on the seasonings and the, and, and the sauces. Now, you know, cause 
and and the funny thing is like wherever you go in the world you know whatever in the united states like if you go to texas the barbecue is a certain way if you know mm-hmm. it tastes a certain way like i'm from down south in south carolina so it's a little bit more sweet so talk to mm-hmm. us about what makes your uh barbecues different than everybody else's yeah, well, we bottle everything in the state of Wisconsin. So I know Wisconsin is not yet known for their barbecue, but we're starting to get there. Um, so I would say we're, we're kind of a mix of between kind of the sweets that you might find in like a, a Kansas City. And then our sauces are primarily vinegar based. So something that you might find typically on the East Coast and like the Carolinas. Uh, so I think we're a good mixture of both, but we kind of bring a unique aspects with some of the ingredients that we use to make sure we keep that midwest kind of flair so now you know your company's called burn pits correct burn pit barbecue yeah burn pit barbecue so uh you know because sometimes it can that can either have a good connotation when you hear the word or Mm -hmm. a bad connotation what kind of feedback have you gotten from the name of the company because a lot of people don't realize a lot of people will just you know, put out a, you know, start a business and, and, and put out a, make a name and a logo mm-hmm. without really putting a lot of time and, and effort and thinking about it. So what was your, you know, because I'm sure you had to, because you, you, I know, I realize you're like one of those very analytical people. Mm-hmm. Um, so what was your thought process on building a logo and building a brand? Yeah. So again, like, that's not my wheelhouse. So I, I found people who um, in the veteran community that could do that for me. And I got a lot of feedback before we launched. So, you know, we were asking people about the, the image. Again, I was sharing my journey. Okay. This, these are some of the images we're thinking about our brand. This is the name we're thinking about. And especially, you know, burn pit, you know, has can have a negative connotation. So we, we made sure to get veteran um, some, some veterans in there to make sure that it was okay. Um, and f- for the most part, you know, 99% of the feedback has been more than positive. You know, people like the name. And for those, you know, 1% that don't like it, um, you know, honest- honestly, I-, I haven't, they haven't come to me yet or us. Uh, I've heard it kind of through other people and other veterans. But, you know, to be honest, I've had a lot of great conversations about hey, what does burn pit mean? What do you mean? So, you know, for us, it's not just a business, but it's also a way for us to bring awareness to people that that, that don't understand, you know, what, you know, what the what the actual terminology means, um, and what the, some of the veterans, you know, currently are going through that that served. And you know, I was next to burn pits. I dumped trash into burn pits. I lived next to burn pits. So, you know, I I think I have a little bit of. Uh, um, I can a little bit of trust when I, when I say that uh, I kind of know what people are going through. Um, so we take that into consideration when we, when, when we named the business too. You know, and one thing I love about what you're doing is I see a lot of veterans, you know, cause I've been in the veteran tribe, tribe almost from day one. And a lot of people will start a business, but they don't have their own swag. You know, they don't have their own t-shirts. They don't have their own hats. And I find that, you know, because I, I I used to wear a lot of, you know, Nike and all that stuff. But somebody, you know, I think it was Steven said, why don't you wear your own swag? And it made a lot of sense because a lot, a lot of times when you go out, if you're wearing a, a, a burn pit T-shirt, somebody might say, wow, where'd you get that shirt? Talk, talk. So a lot of it can be starting points. You know what I mean? So did you take that into consideration, too, when 
when you started putting out, you know, T-shirts? And you, you and your family wear your T-shirts when you're out? Absolutely. I, I probably wear one every day. I got a hat, um, a ball cap. So really, it's it's you know free advertising when you're walking around. I know there's a little bit of investment up front, but you know when when you bring out those products that have your brand on it, you know really when people buy it, you know they're not just paying you; they're actually you know using that, and, and it's almost free advertising for you as they wear it. Um, so for us, you know that's key for us too. With each order that we send out, you know we send a nice decal sticker with our brand on it. We send a nice koozie, a beer koozie you know, soda koozie with it um, that has our brand on it. So anywhere you look, you know, you might see our brand um, with people who have bought our products. And, you know, like a lot of people, like I'm, I'm getting so much more into learning about branding. I, I was never into that. I was, you know, soldier for 23 years. So, there, you know, there was no individuality. It was all just, you know, team. But, yeah. you know, a lot of people don't realize that, you know, you are your brand. Exactly. Like if, you know, Michael Jordan ever came out to a press conference wearing an Adidas sweatsuit and Adidas sneakers, people would lose his mind, their minds, because they know he was pretty much the face of Nike forever. So talk to us about being your brand and living your brand. Yeah, it's it's intertwined for me. And I kind of live that the same way. It took me a while. It took me a while to really think of myself as my own brand. Because really, like, who am I? I'm just, you know, Greg from Wisconsin. But no, really, it's, I'm, I have unique experiences. Um, I have a lot of things that I've done in the past. So, you know, I had to change my mindset to think, yeah, you have a lot to offer. Um, so, you know, whether you go to my Facebook page or my LinkedIn profile, I mean, you're going to see my brand all over the place, Burn Pit BBQ. But at the same time, I'm not just all bar barbecue and, and grilling. You know, I, I have experience in talent development. I have experience in coaching um, high performers. So I'm putting out content that can help those people too. Um, so I think everybody uh, has to take a look at what they have to offer and, and really start to share that a little bit more. Be authentic, obviously, but everybody is their own brand um, nowadays. And even if you don't start your own business, if you're looking at um, – just work a career and find a new job you know your brand speaks a lot for you that way as well now because i know that you're a coach and i know that you love teaching i have some questions for you for the business people out there sure. uh, if you had to start all over again with little to zero money zero dollars mm -hmm. what how would you do it uh, well, I mean, I do a lot of the, the same things. Um, I would find partners that, you know, strategic partners that could help me get going faster. I wouldn't do it all myself. Um, I would, I'd probably hire like my SEO person sooner. Um, I'd probably outsource a little bit more of the day-to-day -day tasks that I've been kind of doing myself as far as marketing and, and newsletters and emails and things like that. So that's probably what I do um, going backwards um, to help create momentum a little bit faster. Um, but then also I would look for those out of the box opportunities that might show up. You know, some of our best sales days have been on days where we got invited to, you know, be a vendor at a fair or something that we never would have considered, but because we said yes to that, you know, we reached a whole new audience connected with new people and then also, you know, obviously sold our products. Um, so, 
you know, thinking outside of the box and being open to opportunities that, you know, you might not usually be open to, you know, I'd probably look for more of those um, going backwards. You know, and of course, you know, like we're part of the Vegrepreneur tribe and there's so many resources in there that, you know, that people are willing to help you if you just say, listen, you know, I need help. And a lot of people, they're just willing to step up to help out without even asking for anything in return, you know. So what is the most important lesson you learned while being in business for the last year? Well, I think you hit on one of them is, you know, being humble and, and asking for help when you know, you know, don't, don't know something. Um, a lot of times I think, especially for, for veterans is, you know, we get into this mindset, we have to do it all ourselves and um, really, you know, you know, even thinking about your time in the military, did you ever do anything by yourself? Probably not. You, you know, you had a team, you had a squad, you, you didn't complete missions by yourself. So um, it's kind of, a false way of thinking about it once you get out. So find a team um, and uh, just at, be humble to ask for help. Uh, like you like you mentioned, Richard, there's so many people out there with experiences that have been through what you want to go through or are going through right now that they can help you get to the other side faster if you're just willing to ask for that, for that help. And yep, like, believe I me. Know, like me, like I know if I have any questions about SEO, I go to Patrick Burt. Right. Know. He is the man, he's the myth and the legend. You know, if I yeah. have any questions about, about um, any kind of law, I go to Andy Nelson. You know, there's certain people that it, you can go to that you know that, you know, they're going to give you the right answer. They're going to set you on, on, on the right track. And like you said, sometimes you just have to say, listen, I need help. And it's okay to say you need help, it, you know, because a lot of people uh, – they don't realize that being authentic is a great thing in business to be open and honest. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, that's a great point. And honestly, like I've probably asked for help today, like two or three times already because <laughs> there's things that I, I want to go and I want to do, but I just don't know how to get there. Yep. And that's why one thing I love being in a tribe, if I know somebody that you need that you can hook up with, then of course I'm just going to, you know, send them your way. Cause you know, it's all, like my friend Robert Garcia says, you know, that a rising tide lifts all ships. So, you know, when, if we if I grow and you grow, that means we're all going to grow. So now what top three pieces of advice would you give to someone just starting out in business today? Yeah, the top three, you know, thinking back, you know, one is, you know, have your your house in order first. And that means like your personal finances. Uh, it's not always, it doesn't have to be perfect, uh, you know, but at least have those, those things that you need taken care of, uh, taken care of as far as finances and savings. So you have your own house in order. I mean, that'll alleviate a lot of stress as you're starting and getting up because honestly, you're probably not going to make much income right away. Um, so you want to give yourself a buffer. So that, that'd be my first um, piece of advice, you know, have your, your financial house in order before you make that, that choice. Um, if you have the opportunity to do that, um, the second piece is share your journey, you know, make sure that you uh, are out there and telling people kind of what you're doing. I know a lot of people have the mentality of don't let people know what you're doing until you're finished. Well, I kind of go the opposite route. There's a lot of people out there that want to help you succeed. And the, the more that you share, the more those people will come to the top and to the surface. And then you can start narrowing and in, in, in and just focusing on those people that want to help you too. So 
do that to, you know, share your journey, be authentic. Um, and then number three, just take action. You know, it doesn't have to be perfect. Uh, it just has to get done. So find small daily tasks that you can do each day. Of course, you have a long-term vision, but really you have to plan out day to day to make sure you get those critical tasks done um, that are going to help you achieve that. Okay. So now you're bringing it up. Um, and I, I talk to a lot of high achievers, high performers, and a lot of them, they have their morning routine down and they have their evening routine down because they say those are the two most important times of your day. This way the rest of your day goes smooth. You know, like I talked to John McCaskill, ex Navy SEAL commander, and that's one of his big things is talking about, you know, what is your morning and evening rituals like? So talk to us about your morning and evening rituals and how you, you are a high performer and what keeps you there. Yeah. So this is something that uh, I I work very hard on and it's, it's probably been a key to at least, at least somewhat of our success early on. So for me, you know, I'm up at 445 every morning and um, from there I kind of go through my affirmations of things like I have I am statements, um, things that I'm aspiring to be. I, I, I also have a little time for reflection, but then, you know, 5.30 a.m., I'm, I'm in my car, I'm traveling to go to, I, I train jujitsu. Um, so I'm at my gym, you know, three days a week, training from six to seven, and then I'm back home. And then I get a, another quick workout in with my home gym and then shower, eat, and then I'm, I'm, I got my daily tasks, my list of things I need to accomplish that day. And then, you know, in the evening, um, you know, I do have three, three young boys. So they're, you know, very much involved in sports and things. So a lot of time is spent, you know, at their games and, and watching them. And, you know, this lifestyle allows me a little bit of that flexibility to be there, um, which is why I started doing it in the first place. But then when we're home and we have a little dinner, you know, I have a little time to, to relax with my spouse. Uh, but then also I'm planning my next day. You know, I have a, a daily planner and a focus. So the next day, I, I know when I wake up, I don't have to think. I just know exactly what I'm doing. Um, so that's a little bit more about my routine. So now, you know, you because you mentioned you mentioned it. Um, for me, you know, my priorities are God first, family, and business. Mm-hmm. Um, so talk to us. You know, a lot of times, like my old podcast, it was called "Success Your Why Powers Your How." Talk to us about sometimes, you know, we get so bogged down in business and all that, that we kind of forget why we're doing what we're doing. So what is your why? Yeah, that's a great question. So my why is that flexibility. Um, I am obviously one year into this this uh, you know entrepreneur journey. I'm making zero dollars um, right now because I'm reinvesting everything back into my business. So I have to look at the long-term investment into my family and what I'm doing. You know, I, I could be working that nine to five or really kind of nine to nine to seven corporate job and not being there for all my kids' activities or being stressed out and not really being fully present at home. But, you know, making less money, um, building this business allows me that flexibility to put the work in when I need to put the work in, but then also step away to do those things that are important to me, which is my why and, and my family. And, and it's twofold is one being there being there for my kids and my wife when they need me, but then also showing it to my kids that you don't have to go down this so-called route of going to college, getting a degree, 
then getting a stable job, working till you know, working till you're 65, and then retiring, and then finally living your life. Uh, you can do both simultaneously. So I'm trying to set that example. And obviously, I don't know if this is going to be successful or not. I still got a long ways to go, um, but I'm learning a lot, and I'm, I'm hopefully sh leading and showing by example that to my sons that you know they can, if they have a dream and they want to build something, that they can do it. Okay, so then, you know, I like to, you know, thank you, like I said, first of all, you know, for serving this amazing country that we live in. And but I also want to thank you, you know, for your friendship. But so now, you know, I'm a big mental health advocate. You know, I had we threw our own mental health summit last April, and hopefully we're going to do it again this year. But, you know, I tell everybody that you cannot pour from an empty cup. Mm -hmm. So how do you refill your cup and how do you take care of yourself mentally? Yeah. And that's a journey that I've been on for a long time. Um, and you know, one of the ways that I've found how I can refill my cup is, you know, through physical activity. You know, I mentioned I do jujitsu. Um, I also, you know, weight lift. I also get out and, and walk when I'm feeling stressed. So that's one way I refill my cup. Um, other ways, you know, I love to read. I love to do self-improvement and I feel what I'm constantly improving, you know, and learning and growing that I'm in a good spot. Um, and then also I recently started to, you know, find myself a little bit more spiritually. So that means getting back into church, you know, going to a Bible study or, or those types of things and learning that type of stuff again. So I'm on that journey right now and it's not perfect and I'm trying to get better at it, but I think that's important. And that's a great point, Richard, is, you know, you can't pour from an empty cup. So you have to continue to recharge and re-energize and find those things that, you know, does it for you. And those are just some of the things that have been doing it for me. Now, normally I only ask two questions to end the show, but because it, yeah. it's you, I'm going to ask three. So awesome. uh, how do we find you? How can we order your barbecue and how can we support your mission and what you're doing. Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you so much for asking that. Um, you can go out to uh, the website, burnpitbbq.com. Uh, and that's where we have our products. We also have recipes and tips. And then also we do a lot of events where we do fundraising for veteran organizations. Um, so you can find a lot of information about us there. Uh, you can find us on Facebook, Burn Pit BBQ. Uh, you can also find us on Instagram, Burn Pit BBQ Guys. Um, otherwise, personally, you can find me on LinkedIn. You know, just search Greg Fisher or Burn Pit BBQ, and, and you'll find me. Excuse me, sorry. Um, so, you know, last question is: you know, we still we live in a crazy world still. You know, um, COVID still, and in New Jersey, we lost a lot of jobs. So we have a lot parents <clears throat> just you know, driving DoorDash, Uber, just try to make extra money to put food on the kids to, you know, in the kids' mouths. Yeah. And we had grandparents were homeschooling kids. So if I ask the average American to do something in seven days, they're so busy, they're never going to get to it. Absolutely. But if I ask somebody to take an actionable step in the next 24 hours, they're more likely. Mm -hmm. So if somebody is struggling with their business, what is something they can do in the next 24 hours to start the right, the ship? <clears throat> yeah, that's that, that is a, an outstanding question. I'd say if, if they're looking to write the ship, 
I would take a look at their planning process. You know, are you completing the tasks that you need to do daily to take you to to the business to where your business wants to go? Like if you don't have that vision, you know, it's a lot harder. So I'd say if you don't have a vision for your business and for your life, you need to sit down and write that out. Uh, obviously, you know, I'm a coach. I can help with that if people want to need help with that. But you have to have a vision. You have to have a plan. And then from there, you, you break it down in increments and then look at the next day. Okay, tomorrow to get to this vision, these are the, I'd say, three to five steps. These are the three to five critical things that I need to accomplish tomorrow to make sure that I am on my way towards that long-term vision that I have for myself and for my business. So that's where I'd start. I'd say take a real good look at where you are right now. Is it aligned to where you say you want to be? If you don't have a vision, that's where you need to start. If you have a vision, what are the things that you need to do tomorrow, the three to five things to help get you back on track? I love it. Now, last question. Like I said, I normally only ask two final questions, but uh, for people of faith, I ask a third question because this podcast is a little bit different than everybody else. A lot of them are afraid to talk about faith. I'm not. I try to be a man of God. I fail him every day, but I'm, I'm, I'm still trying every day. So, you know, they say if, if you don't feel close to God, you're the one that moved. Um, he's the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. So if somebody out there is struggling with their faith, what is mm-hmm. something they can do in the next 24 hours to start to get some peace and get closer to him? Wow. Um, <laughs> I, would, I would just say um, just pray, right? So just talk. You, you know, just talk. Talk to God. You know, ask him the questions, you know, what, you know, what is your plan for me? And, you know, things usually, you know, I find when I talk like that and when I pray, you know, the, the answers come, you know, they come through me, you know, he sends them through me. So, yeah, I I would just say, just start talking to God, you know, ask him those questions, you know, get it off your chest. Um, and, And I think that you'll see that, you know, he has a way of working in the answers when you need him the most. Sometimes it's right away. Sometimes he's going to tell you, no, that's not what you need and give you something else. And, and sometimes he's going to make you wait. Um, but there's always, there's always an answer for you. Um, so that would be my, that would be my, <laughs> my on the spot answer. I love it, brother. Uh, so guys, if you're listening to this, uh, check out burnpitbarbecue.com. Check out the website. I've been on it. Totally amazing. Check out the page. I mean, they, they have eight, almost 9,000 followers on their page alone. So definitely check them out. Um, Soldier Girl Coffee, Carrie, thank you so much for sponsoring the show. If you guys love coffee and if you love coffee with a little bit of um, CBD in it, you know, definitely check out Soldier Girl Coffee. Brother, thank you so much for hanging out. Um, I'm so appreciative of you. And, you know, when people, they know when they come on my show, um, the relationship just starts today. And if there's anything I can ever do for you and your family, please let me know because I'm, I'm all about friendships and I'm all about relationships. So I'm so grateful that you decided to hang out with us today. Yeah, no, it was, it was my pleasure, Richard. I really appreciate what you're doing and what you have to offer. So, you know, my pleasure to be on here. All right, brother. Well, have an amazing week and uh, keep kicking butt. Okay. Thanks. I appreciate that. All right, brother. Bye. Hey guys, if you're enjoying our show, if you love what we're doing, if you would like to support us, 
We have a whole bunch of great stuff coming out. We have a brand new t-shirt line that's coming out. Hats, coffee mugs, any kind of swag that lets your friends know that you support Vertical Momentum and you're always looking to get better. Also, we have our new coffee brand coming out. It's called Vertical Momentum Coffee. It's ass-kicking coffee. And, and it will it will get you moving in the morning. So, guys, if you're interested, go to www.richardkaufman.net. Check us out. Leave us a note. Tell us what you'd like, and we'll actually send it to you. The new website is being built. So if you guys want to, our book is out there on Amazon. It's called A Hero's Journey from Darkness to Light. Definitely check it out. It talks about my story, but it also talks about how to survive depression, how to survive addiction. All right, guys, I love you. Thank you so much for always supporting our mission, which is to save lives. Thank you for joining us today. Please hit subscribe and share. Please feel free to leave us a comment.